Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. So uh, talking about being ready in battle, how many of you know that, uh, you know that 9-11, on 9-11, that wasn't the first time the uh, World Trade Centers were attacked? It was actually a bomb uh, that was set off underneath the World Trade Center, but it didn't, uh, it didn't cause that much damage. And so, uh, you know, we had a warning there, but didn't take heed to the warning. But the scripture tells us that we are to be ready. I even hate to bring this up because I, I don't even, I don't like to scare you, but I think information is good. You remember the, uh, the church down in Texas where a shooter went in and, and shot up everybody? Do you know that while he was shooting, he had to reload and everybody just sat there? Nobody got up, nobody ran, nobody attacked. I want to let you know, if anything, uh, that's why we are taking steps for security. We take steps for security, but the best thing to do is not just sit there. The best thing to do is either fight or flight. You know, uh, hallelujah, don't have time for that, but... If you can, you know, a lot of times people plan out these things, and if you can even interrupt their plan, you can throw them off. You can throw them off. Uh, I might have told this story in church. This is something I heard from Larry. But there was a a guy with a gun pulled a gun on, on a police officer. The police officer just pulled his clipboard up and put it in front of the of the gun. How many of you know a clipboard is not going to stop a bullet? Well, so the guy, he pulls this clipboard up, so the, so the guy moves his gun, the guy and the police officer moves his gun. It fiddled him. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> oodle, it messed up his oodle loop. But anyway, so Every time he would move the gun, the police officer would move the, move the clipboard until finally the police officer got out his gun and took care of business. But we want to be proactive. Hallelujah. We want to be proactive. And uh, I was uh, mainly going to share with you this morning about some about being ready for the battle. But as I, as I went through the scripture... Uh, this morning on my phone, if I'm looking at my phone during church, it's not because I'm on Facebook. <laughs> it's because I'm looking at my Bible. And so anyway, one of, the, one of the scriptures tells us to be ready. It says to preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. Be ready to preach the word. You say, well, I'm not a, I'm not a preacher. You are a preacher. 
I could ask any husband in this church if their wife was a preacher. And they would all, if they, if they weren't by their wives, they'd raise their hand. <laughs> Every wife, and is that true? Every wife's a preacher. Hallelujah. But there's another, uh, there's another place that says, uh, be ready to give an answer for the hope that's on the inside of you. Are you ready to give an answer for, for, the, for the good things that God's done for you? You know, it's going to, people, it's going to happen sometime where somebody's going to come up and ask you, could be asking you, why are you so happy? Why do you seem to have peace at this time? Why, why are you, why do you have such calm? You need to be ready to give an answer to those who ask you. Jesus said also to be ready because I'm coming at an hour that you don't know. How many of you still believe in Jesus coming back? Amen. Well, we need to be ready for the Lord Jesus Christ coming back. Hallelujah. But anyway, in Luke, in Luke chapter 6 and verse 45, the scripture says this, a good man out of the good a good man produces good things from the treasure of a good heart. An evil person produces evil from the treasure of evil that is in his heart. For, for what you say flows from within your heart. So how do we be ready? We be ready by preparing our heart. We be ready by uh, introducing and, and continually feeding good things to our spirit because how many of you know when the pressure's on, what's on the inside of you comes out? Uh, anybody ever here brush your teeth, use toothpaste, use the squeezy kind, not the pump? Well, even with that, there's pressure. But you squeeze the toothpaste and what you squeeze the tube and whatever's on the inside is going to come out. How many of you know that when, the pre when you get pressured, Whatever's on the inside of you comes out. If you don't like what's coming out, then we've got to change what you're putting on the inside. And also by the grace of God, you can ask God, help me. Help me, Lord. Reminds me of a song. <laughs> help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know, I need someone. You know, I heard a preacher say one time, do you know the Beatles were actually crying out for help? They were actually, and you know, before, after that, they got into Eastern religion. But you know what? If, if somebody would have answered that call for help, maybe they would have turned the right way. Anyway, just a thought. So in times of pressure, whatever is in your heart is going to come out. If you, uh, if you have to think about what you're going to say in times of, of difficulty, in times of attack, you've waited too long. We shouldn't, be, we shouldn't have to sit there and think, oh, what am I supposed to say? I, I'm under attack in my mind. What should I say? I'm under attack in my body. What should I say? I'm under attack in my finances. What should I say? No, we should be ready. One of the things that... Uh, what, again, going back to my military experience, we practice everything over and over. And it's not practice makes perfect. It's perfect practice. 
makes perfect. If we, if we didn't do it right, we had to do it over again. And even if we did do it right, we had to be open. We had to do it over again. In sports, what do they call that? They call that muscle memory, I believe. When, uh, you know, the person, the person standing there at, uh, at plate is not thinking, oh, what am I supposed to, am I supposed to swing? No, they, they practice so much that they know when to swing. They've got their eye on the ball. And thank God they've got coaches to help them know what to do. Isn't that right? They've got coaches to instruct them. Just like in the military, we had people over us that would instruct us. If we did it wrong, they told us. If, they did it, if we did it right, we, they just said, do it again. <laughs> Wasn't too much encouragement there, but anyway. So anyway, we, we don't need to, we don't want to wait until the times of pressure to think about what we're going to do at that time. We want to be ready for that. Hallelujah. So anyway, in, uh, in Proverbs chapter 4, Proverbs chapter 4 tells us, actually tells us to keep our heart ready. Proverbs chapter 4.20 says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep in your heart, for they bring life. In other words, my, he says, the word that I'm speaking to you brings life. Well, I don't want to wait to get life when I need it. I want to have it in, I want to have it in storage so that when I need it, it's already there. So he says, they will bring life to those that find them and healing to their whole body. Healing to their whole body. I want to keep my I want to keep my uh, body fed with good nutrients. I want to keep my spirit fed with good nutrients because really it's your spirit, man, I believe that helps keep you healthy. He says in uh, verse 23, he says, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of life. Another translation says, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it springs the issue of life. So if I'm keeping my heart with all diligence, I'm keeping the good. I'm, feed, I'm continually feeding it good. I was telling some guy yesterday, I said, I can't, I had to quit watching or listening to certain programs. You got to quit listening to certain programs because they, they shape your, they shape your worldview and our worldview should be a Christian worldview. Should be a Christian worldview. If somebody asks you, you don't have to quote chapter and verse, but you, you know, you have to answer with the way Jesus would answer. And so, why did I cut off certain certain programs? Because it was feeding me the wrong stuff. Feeding me the wrong stuff. And so I chose to drop that. You know, I was all I was still reading the Bible. Still reading the Bible, still praying, but still listening to this, to this uh, mantra of, of negative stuff. So, you know, it doesn't matter how much, if, if, even if you're putting positive stuff on the inside of you, if you're listening to negative stuff, the negative stuff will affect you. Yeah. Now, if I picked out, a, I'm not going to pick out any ladies here. I'll, I'll face this way. 
I just say it this way. I say, if you get a dress and there's 10 ladies with you and you ask them all, which one do you think? Then the nine of them say, oh, you look great in that. And one person says, uh, it makes your hips. Uh... <laughs> which one are you going to listen to? You're going to listen to the one <laughs> that says your hips are big or whatever. Instead of the nine that says, you look great. So that's my point. It doesn't matter if you're feeding yourself. Say, is that a good way of doing it? <laughs> Travis. <laughs> no comment. You're a wise man. <laughs> He's been married for a while. Anyway. <laughs> doesn't matter how much... It, you keep pouring that positive in. If you, if you let any, any bit of that negative. Do you know that rat poison is 90, 90% good, or 99% good? Good. But it's just that 1% that'll kill you. It doesn't take, it doesn't take, uh, brother, I do. Am I still there? Okay. Brother Hagen used to tell us, you know, the way he wasn't telling us to do this, but he says the way you kill a dog, you don't put a packet of poison out. You get a piece of meat and you sprinkle it, sprinkle it with the poison and they go after the meat. I remember going into, uh, going into my father's house, my parents' house, and seeing a magazine there that was not good. It was from another religion, a cult, really. Not a cult, but a cult. And uh, I said, well, uh, what's this here for? Oh, they, you know, they talk about the Lord. Well, just because you talk about the Lord, it's not always good. My brother... Uh, my brother, before he got saved, uh, was into uh, transcendental meditation, soul travel, all these uh, Eastern stuff. And my mother uh, was, was, I never knew my mother well, never. She was sick the whole time I knew her. Uh, she had rheumatoid arthritis. And so anyway, um, he gave her a book. And it was on healing. So my mother said, uh, look at this book and tell me what you think of it. Well, I read it. And you know, the first, on the first page, it was talking about healing. It was using Bible verses. But by the time I got to the second page, my spirit just started to, you know, feel. And here it was. It was some, it was some uh, New Age book on healing. I said, this book isn't any good. She says, well, it's got scripture in it. What I say? A little bit of poison. All you need is a little bit of poison to kill the dog. Or whatever. So what are we putting in? Like I said, I had, I had to cut off programs, even though I was feeding myself the positive, even though I was reading the scripture, confessing the scripture, 
Praying and doing all that, just that little bit, just that little bit caused me to view people in a negative sense. I don't have, I, I cannot afford to view people in a negative sense. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to get to the place to where I love my enemies. Even though they don't agree, and even though they are totally 180% out, I still have to turn myself to where I can love, because Jesus said to love my enemies. I've got to do that. I don't know where you're at. Maybe you can just love everybody. Because it's all about love, right? It's all about love. Maybe you can just love everybody, but I need help. I still need help. I need Jesus. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. I need to confess and not only confess that the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost, but I've got to cut off that which is enticing me to hate people. How many of you know, you don't, ha you don't have to... You don't have to even turn on anything bad to learn how to hate people. All you got to do is watch the news. I'll tell you what, if you want to get upset at the other side, doesn't matter what program you're watching, <laughs> it will get you to where you can't stand the other side. What's wrong with them? But I can't live like that. I've got to be able to love because Jesus loved. He was able to hang on a cross when people were mocking him. If you are the Christ, come down and we'll believe. He says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Can I do that? I'm working on it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Well, how do I be ready? In Ephesians chapter 6, Chapter 6, in verse 10, it says, A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. I need to rely on God's mighty power to equip me, not my individual strength. I used to remember, I used to remember thinking, man, I'm pretty good at this. I'll never forget the time when I thought, and I even told some people, I said, you know what, I, I think... I'm at the place now, if even if people spoke bad of me, I can handle it. Do you know what happened that week? <laughs> people started speaking bad about me. What's wrong, man? <laughs> Be careful what you say. Be careful what you feed them. Be careful what you say. So God's Spirit uh, so helps us to receive. God's Spirit helps us receive if we will open our ears to listen to what He says. It's not just it's not just me hearing hearing the Word of God preached, even though that's important. I've got to be able to hear what He says. It's not enough to hear what He says. I've got to hear and obey what He says. I, I'm probably the only one in here that's ever done this. But I remember uh, the Lord told me one time, don't go the highway to work. Take another way. 
Well, in my lightning fast brain, I'm figuring there's only two other ways to go, and they're like country roads. They're back ways. They're, they're going to take longer. They're going to take longer. So I decided, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to be careful. I'm going to go the highway, get off the exit at the highway. Hey, I'm good. I'm good. There was a car, a truck, a construction truck in front of me. It had been raining in Tulsa. There was mud all over the back of the truck. You couldn't see the tail lights. You couldn't see that he was applying the brakes. And so here I am going the speed limit with a truck almost stopped in front of me, and I'm getting ready to collide. So I move over into the oncoming traffic. I thought, well, that's not a good idea. So I move back over. I'm still now I'm still coming towards the back of the stop truck. And so I get off to the side of the road and I stop. Ooh, I'm in good shape now. And all of a sudden, when I applied the, the accelerator to get back on the road, my car just slides down the ditch. Now, none of you've ever uh, none of you've ever heard a voice that said, you know, don't do this, and you and you just you say, well, I'm going to do what that voice says. I mean, mate, you know, you don't have to tell you don't have to tell me your story. But is there anybody else that's ever done anything like that? You heard a voice and you just ignored it. Maybe you just wasn't just ignoring it. Maybe you reasoned. See, what got me in trouble was my reason. I'm because I'm a pretty good reasoner. <laughs> Doesn't matter how good your reason is if you're if what you're hearing is opposed to what God's saying your reason's going to get you in trouble. So he says in verse 12, he says, he says, for we do not, uh, we do not, we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers, authorities and unseen, uh, of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world, against, uh, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So if you choose to ignore or pretend that these evil powers don't exist, you're doing it to your own hurt. You know, it's just like, it's just like pretending the Japanese aren't going to attack Pearl Harbor. Oh, not, you know, we're a strong force here. They were a strong force. They just weren't ready. Doesn't matter how strong you are if you're not ready. Hallelujah. Even though we're not fighting against flesh and blood, we may be in a battle that is controlling people. And if they're controlling people, we are sent to help them be delivered from that control. How many of you've ever, how many of you have ever talked to somebody and their thinking was like 180 degrees out of out of what's right, you know, but they think they're right. And so in humility, we've got to be able to shift them, shift them to see right. Because uh, how many of you know the, the world is 180 degrees out of, the, out of the Christian thinking? And it's, the reality is, is God wants us to be able to bring, shift them back into a reality to where they are able to receive. He also says in verse 17, he says, put on 
salvation as your helmet and as a sword, uh, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Well, let's just take a look at Matthew chapter 4. Jesus had the sword of the Spirit, and we are to use that sword, and we're to use him as an example in this particular case. Jesus had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. I'm not asking you to do that, but if you do, anytime you're making steps towards following God, the enemy's right there to try to discourage you. So he's fasted 40 days and 40 nights. He shows up and he, and he always does, he's never changed. He's always come to get you to question the word of God. If you are the son of God, command these stones to be bread. Command these stones to be bread. Well, if you're really a Christian, you'd do this. I remember uh, being told, well, you know, if God's really healing, you'd go into the hospitals and empty, it, empty out the whole hospital. No, I just, do what my, I just do what my father tells me to do. If God told me to do that, then I could do that. So anyway, the sword of God will transform your mind to think like Jesus. It also causes us to be able to recognize where thoughts originate. How many of you know that every thought that comes to you doesn't originate with you? Every thought that comes to you doesn't originate with you. You know, there are great, there are great ideas that come to you. They're not necessarily your great ideas. There are terrible ideas that come to you. And then when those terrible thoughts come, you start condemning yourself. That is not the time to condemn yourself. That's the time to recognize where the thought came from and say, Satan, I command you to get out of here in the name of Jesus. Jesus, uh, so anyway, it says, Jesus was led into the spirit to be tempted of the, by the devil. And after he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, the enemy said, or the tempter said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to be bread. But Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Again, the enemy tries to get us to doubt the word just as he tried to get, just as he got Eve to doubt the word. And I want you to notice uh, Jesus did not quote chapter and verse. You don't have to know chapter and verse. Isn't that great? Jesus just said, it is written. Now, ever, now, from studying the word of God, we know that every one of those answers that Jesus gave came out of Deuteronomy. Every answer came out of Deuteronomy, but Jesus didn't say, well, in Deuteronomy chapter so-and-so, verse so-and-so, the Bible says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. No, he just says, it is written. How many of you can remember that? You know, sometimes I think it might even be enough to say it is written to drive off the enemy. Thank you, Jesus. So why would, uh, thank you, Lord. Man, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go to uh, Psalm chapter 68. 
Psalm 68, verse 11, it says, the Lord gave the word. Okay. The Lord gave the word and great was the company of those who proclaimed it. The King James uh, uses the word instead of proclaim, he's published. But the word company there it, uh, from the Hebrew is a feminine word. It's a feminine word. In other words, it, there's a great company of females that are proclaiming the word. Hallelujah. I thought I'd get at least a, a grunt from the women. The margin of my Bible says this. It says that there was a great host of women proclaiming proclaiming the word of God. It's not only the responsibility of men to preach the word, but it's also the responsibility of women. I don't have time to do this uh, today, but I'll just make mention that Jesus, when, when he went around, he had... He had his 12 disciples, but in one particular place, it said that he also had these women that were supporting his ministry. They weren't there to serve coffee and cookies. They were there to help him proclaim the word. You know, when Jesus took his disciples with him, he preached the word. It wasn't just him, even though it's recorded but it wasn't just him healing the sick. Jesus sent out his disciples to heal the sick, and women were also part of that disciple group. Not the 12. Don't come up and get me after church. But the scripture says that great was the host of women that published. In the New Living Translation, it says this. It says, the Lord gives the word and a great army brings the good news. Enemy kings and their armies flee while the women of Israel divide the plunder. Hallelujah. Ladies, God has his eye on you. Ladies, God has anointed you. He's anointed the men, he's anointed the women, and it's going to take all of us to proclaim the Word of God to a world that needs it today. I told Katie, I said, you took the wrong weekend to take the girls away. <laughs> but anyway, there's, uh, this is actual scientific fact that uh, women speak uh, 20,000 words a day. 13,000 more than the average man. And I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. God's given them a gift to be able to communicate. And so why would we want to, if God's given them this ability to communicate, why do we want to shut them down? Maybe we want to shut them down at just dumping it all on us. But they've got these 13,000 extra words that they can use to proclaim the gospel. I got a bunch of guys smiling. It must be, must be right. Hallelujah. So if God would anoint women powerfully, why do we want to restrict them? I remember I was in Portugal years ago, and the Lord just gave me a vision of, of a man, a uh, of a man, and he was like half paralyzed and half healthy. 
you know, and uh, the Lord spoke to me and said, that's the body of Christ. Because you have paralyzed half of the body. You let the man preach the word, but you don't let the women preach the word. And you silence the children. Oh, when they grow up. Have you ever heard this talking about children? This is the future church. They're not the future church. They're the church of now. They are the church of now. We don't have to wait for them to grow up to be like us. (laughs) Hallelujah. Turn them loose now. Yeah, but they act like kids. What do we act like? Are we always perfect? Thank you, Jesus. You know what? If I, if I had to wait to be perfect, I wouldn't be preaching yet. Glory to God. What's the scripture saying in John 8, 32? If you abide in me and my word abide in you, if you abide, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Also in 2 Corinthians chapter 3:17, now the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there's liberty. You know even during worship today. You know the enemy was the enemy attacks me during worship all the time. But you know, how, how many of you ever pray and you get all these thoughts? I've got to do this. I've got to do this. You get these other thoughts. Man, oh, I got to repent of that thought. That's not you. That's the enemy. You are in spiritual warfare. The enemy's trying to keep you off a track. He's trying to keep, get you away from accomplishing your purpose. So you take authority over that and say, no way, devil, in the name of Jesus. That is not mine. I am bought with a price. I'm washed in the blood. I am redeemed. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. My thoughts, I have the mind of Christ and the wisdom of God is formed within me. I'm not thinking that like that. That's not my thoughts. Now, why could I do that? Because I've already programmed myself and I remind myself that I, now today, today in worship, uh, the enemy was trying to screw down on my mind. And so the Lord said, just relax, just relax. Oh, (laughs) Uh, this, you know, I hate to bring up old songs. But there, uh, uh, if if you want to know what the song is, you'll you'll have to ask Scott after the after the service. But uh, uh, there's a, in this chorus it says, "Take it easy, Seagulls." Okay, take it. Don't sing it. It's not good. But in the in the chorus says, "Take it easy, take it easy." Don't let the sound of your own wheels drive you crazy. Sometimes the wheels are driving you crazy. So I was there in worship. My wheels started to drive me crazy. Take it easy. No, I didn't sing sing take it easy. Actually, I was uh, thinking of that scripture uh, where Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. And so I I just started taking it easy. I started relaxing because, you know, if he can get us 
all wound up, we're not going to be able to minister. We're not going to be able to. It's hard to, it's hard to minister love sometimes when you're all wound up. But he goes on to say, he says, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. How many of you know it's more the spirit of the Lord transforming you than you are? The spirit of the Lord is transforming you more than your effort. And I'm not telling you to throw out your Bible. I'm telling you that Whatever effort you do, the Holy Spirit is there to bring you to that place to where you are transformed into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. The scripture also says those that are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. And the last scripture is this. First, first Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, it says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us. Yes, read the Word, but yet the Spirit of God is going to be the one to reveal. Spirit of God, you know, and when the time, and when the times of pressure come, when the times of squeezing come, as we've uh, allowed the Holy Spirit to fill our lives, when He squeezes that character of Christ is coming out. Character of Christ is coming out. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Heavenly Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. I just lift up each and every one within the sound of my voice, and I thank you, Lord God, that they are soldiers in the army of the Lord. I thank you, Lord God, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, they are being led by your Spirit, Lord God, that they are uh, that they are being filled with your spirit. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I cast down every, uh, every frustration, every worry, every fear, everything that tells them that they are not equipped and uh, that they are not equipped and qualified. I break that off in Jesus' name and I decree that they are blessed by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Again, I just break off. Uh, I break off that um, inferiority right now in the name of Jesus. I decree that power is broken in Jesus' name. And Lord God, just as your word declares that uh, you raise us up to, see, to sit with Christ in the heavenly places, I just decree that each and every one within the sound of my voice, they're going to have the revelation that they are raised up in Christ and seated with you in heavenly places.